0: My favorite part of it all is Vince is like I see you like a fedora and I was like dude I got like 20 of it
1: welcome Welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves and we have arrived. The most anticipated weekend of the calendar year, the biggest event in live entertainment, the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history, less than 24 hours away provided you're listening to this as it drops, as you should be. I could not be any more fired up than I am right now. And, of course, I've got some help navigating the road to WrestleMania. Why kick him out now? I mean, he's here. He should probably enjoy the weekend with the rest of us. He's got a busy day ahead tomorrow. NXT stand and deliver the voice of NXT 2.0, the Chris Rock to my Will Smith, Vic Joseph. No, I'd be slapping you. You wouldn't be slapping me. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. I'd be
2: slapping you like Will That Smith's would not style. ever happen. You're all Absolutely fired up. Would be. I,
1: I can see it in your eyes, Vic. You're all
2: fired up. Stand and deliver tomorrow. It is stand and deliver tomorrow. This for NXT, the butterflies amongst the roster and the superstars. We talked about it last week. The feeling that... The men and the women must have heading into the biggest stage they've ever been given since the rebranding of NXT is less than 24 hours away. High noon tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern in the American Airlines uh, Arena. And everybody this week, pins and needles. Tensions are high. I'm what about really excited.
1: You? What about you, Vic?
2: Do you have- I haven't been in an arena in... Two years, it seems, because of the pandemic. So, Wade Barrett and I were talking about it like we're fired up. We're ready for WrestleMania because, again, we've talked about it a lot. COVID, the pandemic, getting back to a sense of of normal. WrestleMania week, access is back. Panels are back. Two nights of WrestleMania. It, It seems like this is WrestleMania as we knew it, and I think everyone's fired up.
1: You talked about uh, how the Access Superstore is back, and we did have WrestleMania, two-night WrestleMania last year, but it wasn't full capacity. No doubt AT&T Stadium is going to be rocking this year. If you don't know what's going down by now... I don't know why you're listening to ATB, because there is so much goodness on tap. Two nights, you've got Edge and AJ Styles to look forward to. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, winner take all. You've got the Women's Championship matches. You've got the Women's Tag Team Championship, Fatal 4-Way, Logan, Paul, Johnny Knoxville. I mean, it truly feels like a big-time WrestleMania. But there's something I had never heard of before. I don't believe we've ever done it, making its debut this year, Vic, which... I'm almost embarrassed to admit how excited I am for it. And you know I've never met a shill that I didn't like. That's true. I'm talking about Smackadillas, Vic. Oh, the WWE Smackadillas. Smackadilla, Vic. Smackadillas. Smackadilla. We're going to be in Texas. D-I-L-L-A. Smackadillas. It's through like Uber Eats and Grubhub. There's a menu that is available online for all of the WWE Universe converging on Dallas. Or smackadillas, they're like, they are like—they look amazing. They look like something that you want to eat at like midnight after a great night out, or maybe three a.m. after a really great night out. That's what's gonna—that's gonna be my sustenance for the week.
2: And I think if you head over to Access, which we talked about then the superstore, they're available there too. I, I believe that's the thing. And I'm looking down here: spicy Superstars Chicken versus Ranch. Might
0: chicken versus be one that Ranch. Yes, you might I'll, enjoy
2: that one. Uh, power bomb pizza mozzarella sticks legitimately inside the quesadilla
1: with pizza what sauce. What madman devised putting mozzarella sticks in a quesadilla? I want to know because I want to give that person a kiss. Uh, it sounds amazing. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Can you tell I'm fired up? Can you tell I'm in man mode, Vic? I'm, I'm at 11 You're right now. You're in man mode, all right. Because I know that between now and next week, uh, I- I'm not going to sleep. Uh, this is basically oh, No, you're going to be eating Smackdown case uh, uh, Smackdown Smackadillas. I, I I listen, we've got we've got Friday Night Smackdown at the American Airlines Arena. We've got Stand and Deliver Saturday Hall morning. Hall
2: of Fame in between then.
1: Hall of Fame, you're right. Hall of Fame after of fame Smackdown Friday. WrestleMania Saturday, WrestleMania Sunday, Monday Night Raw. Oh, and then by the way, Tuesday morning I jump on a plane to Florida to get married. This is going to be the wildest week of my entire grown-up life and I am all fired up for it. So, would your better half be angry
2: if I bought one of each flavor of the Smackadias and gave you
1: that as a wedding present? I, I think she might be mildly disappointed. However, if you were to that exact same activity, just because you're being a good friend and a good co host and you wanted to surprise me on a very, very strenuous week. And just to go, hey, Gravy, you've been so good to me in my career. I'd like to offer you these five delicious smacking.
2: Don't ideas. tug on my heartstrings. Don't do that because you know that's how much you've for. meant to my career. Anyways, uh, we could order those. You and I could sit together maybe for like three hours in in Dallas, watch some
1: WWE Evil. I, I, that's a That was a, a brilliant suggestion. You actually beat me to the punch on that one. Mm-hmm. As you were yeah. saying, we could sit together for a few hours. I did spend... Uh, about eight hours this past week catching up wwe evil the new documentary series on peacock i didn't know a lot about it before i sat down other than it was a very important project internally i i had known it had existed john Cena is an executive producer it's unbelievable it is an in-depth look into some of the greatest bad guys in wwe history And, and man this thing to me I sent a few text messages to some of the guys in the studio who worked very, very hard on it. Uh, and I said, this feels like a documentary about something that's pop culture, not just about WWE. It's not too wrestling centric. I think even if you're not a massive fan of you know, all things WWE, everyone can enjoy WWE Evil. I binge watched it and I don't do that. I, I don't binge watch anything. I rarely have the, the time, but I did it. And, man, I'm still buzzing. I actually got to catch up with Miz and Randy Orton backstage at Raw, and I actually complimented them on what an amazing show it is. It's available now, eight episodes on Peacock. If you're listening to this and you got a little bit of downtime because SmackDown hasn't started yet, make sure you go out of your way to watch WWE Evil. In my opinion, it's one of the coolest things WWE's done in quite some time, other than Corey and Carmelo.
2: I've, uh, nice. I've, uh, watched Hogan, Ms. Flair, and some of Reigns. I haven't, I haven't watched them all yet, but the one thing you talk about pop culture is Dr. Phil's popping up in these like halfway through. And, and I was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Was that Dr. Phil? And then sure enough, he comes right back on, you know, 10 yeah. minutes later, which Dr. I thought Dr. Phil Corey Taylor unique.
1: from, from Slipknot and Stone Stour, you know, one of the, the biggest names in rock and roll right now. There there's a litany of, of really cool talking heads, Uh, that offer some really wild insight. And and you look at all of these characters and the people behind them in a totally different light. And I think it's really, really unbelievable. Which one's your favorite so far? I honestly loved The Miz and Randy Orton and Ric Flair the most. Those were my three favorite, but all of them were awesome. Like I said, I I turned it on in the morning with a cup of coffee. And next thing I knew, it was noon. And I took a break to go to the gym and do some actual real-life activities. And that night, I got home. And got, got in bed and turned it right back on and finished the series. The last one being Roman Reigns, which is also incredible, unbelievable. I think it just, it really, in a weird way, it humanizes some of these villains. But it also sort of lets you understand how they are, why they are, how they are. Like, what makes these people tick? And you, they get into Randy Orton's backstory really heavily and his time in the military. And sort of a, a lot of negativity, a lot of negative events that have shaped these superstars. Um, but I, I just can't say enough good about WWE evil. And that that wasn't, that's not a shill. That's, that is me, the wrestling fan saying, wow, this is something I genuinely, truly enjoyed.
2: I think one thing that stood out, and again, I haven't watched all of them like you have that stood out about um, Ric Flair specifically and, and Hogan is how they have transcended the industry, how they yes. have been able to put their fingerprints, not only on decades, but music. Movies, television, sports. Set, yeah, set, the, set the foundation for the John Cena's, the Batista's, the Rocks, insert superstars, Stone Cold Steve Austin to go do outside things. So I'm very interested to watch uh, the rest of them after hearing more so you speak so highly of it because, yes, you don't just throw things out there just to throw them out there.
1: I mean, I do. I quite literally get paid to shill things yeah, on a regular like, basis. Yeah, but it comes from your This heart. is not one of those times. I don't receive any, there are no extra zeros on my paycheck because I'm telling you this. It's, it's genuinely just me suggesting like, hey, if you like sports entertainment, if you like WWE, even if you don't, check it out. It's worth a watch. Speaking of outside things like WWE Evil, had
2: a chance to play the new WWE 2K game. Yeah. You at the commentary table, look from top to bottom, spot on. Did it capture my general misery it isn't even bull- byron is byron michael cole is you kind of look at him and go oh i can see it and then you see Corey graves and i was turning it on because we got it for the kids and Mackenzie walked in and she went holy crap that looks just like cory and like we were trying <laughs> to walk to the outside just to see you stand up in your black suit and what you and i mean it was Spot on. So if you're listening and you had anything to do with the 2K game, hats off for what you guys did uh, ringside wise.
1: Spot on. Appreciate it. A lot of fun. We're still a work in progress. It's been one of the coolest things I never expected to do in my career that has now become one of my favorites is working on the 2K video games. The team has been unbelievable. I'm happy to hear that. It's nice to get compliments every once in a while. Vic, we got a big show. We've got Happy Corbin going to join us in a few minutes. I got to ask you right now. Off the top of your head, what is Vic Joseph most excited for this weekend in Dallas? Here in Stone
2: Cold's glass break. I I watched Monday the vignette with Kid Rock behind it and watching him stun and walk down and reliving all those moments of my childhood. I can't wait to be in Dallas, AT&T Stadium, the WWE Universe, and the glass break. That'll be one that I sneak out to come to the side to be back out amongst the WWE universe. That'll yeah, be my moment
1: in Dallas this weekend. I, I, I definitely am equally as excited as you uh, for that moment. But while we're talking about Stone Cold, I think we need to go out of our way to take a minute to appreciate what Kevin Owens has done in the lead up to WrestleMania KO for all intents and purposes. Aside from that two little, uh, the, the minute long clip that Stone Cold dropped a few weeks accepting the challenge KO has been a one-man show on Monday Night Raw and has cut some very compelling promos and showed his range. KO has been highly entertaining, obviously trolling the WWE Universe two weeks ago. This past week on Raw, a little more impassioned, a little more of who Kevin is inside and what this opportunity means. I just, I think... It can't be lost in the excitement for Stone Cold that if it weren't for KO hitting home runs week after week, I don't know if everyone would be as jacked up and fired up as we all are collectively for the KO show with Stone Cold Steve Austin Saturday night.
2: And it's a small thing that goes back to storytelling and and reaching into the universe and, and pulling, as I said earlier, on a heartstring. The promos he's cut about Dallas, even if it's just on social media, taking shots at JBL, Shawn Michaels, Booker T, the list goes on to bring it to standing in the ring to calling out Stone Cold. I mean, this has been a roller coaster for Kevin Owens, and I I don't want to say it's been a one-man show, but it's been a one-man show to get us to Dallas in terms of the KO show, and it has been just a tip of the cap to Kevin Owens, the performer, for what he's been able to do. I
1: completely agree wholeheartedly hats off to KO Uh, looking up and down the card there's two nights they're both absolutely stacked and this is going to sound like the easy answer but the biggest Wrestlemania match of all time it sounded ridiculous when I realized that was the tagline for Roman Brock Lesnar for the championship unification the biggest Wrestlemania match of all time I went that is quite a claim to make but in the week since it's starting to feel that way at least internally, I hope externally, I hope the fans are watching this and realizing how important this feels, how significant this feels. The, the levels in which Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are both firing right now. Definitely the best Roman Reigns of his career. Arguably the best Brock Lesnar of Brock's career. Certainly the most popular. We've never seen this side of Lesnar. This truly feels epic. And it's a, it's a, it's a coin toss. I can't with any confidence pick the outcome of this matchup. I could see both. Neither one would be negative. If Roman Reigns remains on top as the head of the table, as the WWE Universal Champion, great. If that's Brock Lesnar's, great. We've we've seen it's a proven commodity. Brock as champion is great for business. Nobody loses in this one, but it's truly too close to call. And and it's been a long time since i felt that way about a match in WWE, let alone in the main event of WrestleMania. What was the moment that a light bulb went on?
2: For you, because to me, it was Madison Square Garden and seeing how the company promoted that digitally, socially to show you what happened at a live event that kind of added to we don't see blood. You don't see someone get busted open. And then that I'm coming for blood's the next tagline, so to speak, the following week. That kind of was the kickoff moment for me to like,
1: can't wait to see these two just lock horns and just tear each other apart. Yeah, it it definitely – to to borrow a line from 2K, this match hits different this year. I can't wait nice. to see how it how it plays out. I mean, the same can be said for Edge and AJ. I mean, I've got a personal investment in the Women's Tag Team Championship Fatal 4-Way because I was promised a very spectacular celebration uh, should Carmella and Zelina retain. But that's that's personal. We're not I here have, to talk I about me. I have an me. issue. I, I got to bring it up. You I, gotta
2: gotta bring, lot I have issues. an issue. I have an issue. Oh, well, thank you. I, I have an issue with some of the questions Byron throws at you in regards to Carmella on, and every weekly Monday and, and how you sit there and just look at him and go, I'm going to hit you. Like I'm going to come across the table and smack you.
1: Like some well, of the things well, luckily, he says, luckily like, Jimmy Smith's a Brazilian hell? Jiu-Jitsu black belt. So Jimmy's Jimmy's there for damage control. But one of these days, one of these days I still owe Byron from when he stole the 24 seven championship. Oh yeah, that's right. Me. You know what else I'm excited for? Vic WrestleMania Saturday, the Scottish warrior. Drew McIntyre versus our guest at this time. My good friend and yours. Happy Corbin. Corbin, last time you were on ATB was pre-pandemic. It seems like a lifetime ago. You were one of the last uh, in-person interviews we were able to do before the entire universe was turned upside down. My how times have changed. We're less than 24 hours away from the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history, and you have got a major role this year. You and Drew McIntyre, one-on-one. How does it feel to you from your perspective after all the madness that all the guys and girls in the locker room and and all the crew have been through over the past two years now to finally have the official return to normalcy
0: at WrestleMania? I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy when you look back and think, you know, what's happened over the last two years, Uh, what we've been through, how we've had to adjust, adjust on the fly, you know, get into situations that we just don't really know what to expect from the Thunderdome to know people to um, you know, one show with people, but now we're back in full swing, you know, it's live events, it's television, it's international tours. And now we're rolling into mania kind of with the first actual build in two years. You know, we've gotten to kind of build it in front of the people and they're a part of it. So you're feeling these emotions and reactions to what you're doing that's gonna culminate in, you know, Dallas and uh, it's pretty special to have that back. I and mean, we all, I think, realize how much we missed the WWE Universe and the travel and the stadiums and the arenas filled with people through the pandemic. And now, you know, we're we're getting back to that, that normalcy and it, it feels really good to be, you know, going to Dallas with hopefully 100,000 fans there Saturday, Sunday. You know, they're bringing the emotion of, of two years. Because people did come to the one in Tampa, but it wasn't the same.
1: Right, we didn't have the full capacity, right.
0: We didn't, yeah, we had to. People still were nervous or scared or whatever it was to be in those those atmospheres. But I think now this year, you know, people are traveling. People are going to come from Europe. People are going to come from all over to see this spectacle that we've, we, you know, put on. So it's pretty awesome. It's like when you, it's a weird thing where like, you know, if you're training the gym, you're trying to get to like a, 500 pound bench press and it's like you're chipping away chipping away chipping away and there's days where it's like man i'm not getting anywhere like that's kind of what the pandemic was it was like we're chipping away trying to get back to normal trying to get back in front of people or making it as normal as we can seem and then like now finally here comes wrestlemania we're gonna get that max out we're gonna we're gonna go out there and do what we're all you know i think born to do perform in front of people
1: I know you're a guy who, since you've arrived in WWE, I and mean, you and I have become obviously really, really close friends over the years. You're a guy who... I tolerate you. You deal I with me. You, you, you handle yeah. me better than most. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an easy task,
2: Corbin. Let's be honest. It's not an easy task to have to deal with Graves on a daily basis.
0: Especially if he's got some drinks in him.
2: That's true. Come on, we got to get in the car, Graves. I don't want to go. Come <laughs> listen, on,
0: let's listen. go.
1: <laughs> Corbin and I may or may not have a very specific term for a particular level of intoxication yes. that is downright legendary.
0: We have to pull him off a bar in the middle of a bar because they're closing and his pants are falling down. That's the level <laughs> where the name steps in. <laughs> and
1: we'll leave the rest to the imagination as to, to you know, preserve our own careers here. But as right. I was saying, you're a guy who's always just craved the spotlight and to be in the mix and doing something high profile. This year, you got a one on one matchup with Drew McIntyre, former WWE champion. And this is a story that by nowadays standards has had an extremely long buildup. You guys have been at this since before Royal Rumble where in a day and age where, where, you know, more often than not, especially this year, it's kind of like, hey, I'm challenging you at WrestleMania. You're one of the matches over both days that has a real long-term build. How satisfying is that for you as a a performer and and creative person?
0: You know, it's a weird kind of double-edged sword because it's amazing and frustrating at the same time. And it's not frustrating to me because I love the long build. I want to have a long story. You know, people will go on social media and go, oh my God, you know, Corbin's Wrestling Magnifier for the 800th time when really we've we wrestled twice in our whole career. Like that—that's it. Yeah, you know that was a year ago on Raw. It's funny because our audience has become so jaded and they want this instant gratification. So they—they they have trouble waiting for stories. I prefer movies that have a fantastic story, even if you have to wait a little bit longer for the payoff. And I think that's what we've done. So to me, it's gratifying. To me, it's going. We've had a chance to build this. And really put thought into it. And, you know, it doesn't always go the way we want. Like, we've had some ideas for to help elevate this story. And, you know, you don't always get that. But to have months of equity into something, I think, makes it important for both of us. You know, and Madcap as well. Like, he's got months of equity in this as well. And so to have that and to take it to WrestleMania, where it's our Super Bowl, it's our biggest thing of our entire career. And to have a singles match there that has a build is I mean, it it compares to being, uh, when I was there with Kurt Angle, where we had this awesome build in a one-on-one match. Guys fight their whole careers for a singles match at WrestleMania, and I think this is my third one. So it is, that that's something I take a lot of pride in. I wish there were more long-played, slow-burn stories uh, in what we do, but people, you know, they have a idea sometimes when they watch and if they see someone cross words with somebody else, they want to see a fight that day and then they want to see them fight someone else the next day. Like that's it's not what we do. That's not what we're about. We're about telling, you know, that story. So the longer we can make it, the longer we can milk it, the better.
2: Glad you brought up Moss because you talk about not facing Drew McIntyre as much heading into this WrestleMania matchup. He's been like that being Moss, the new wrinkle kind of thrown what's it been like working with Moss and seeing his uh, I guess evolution?
0: It's amazing because you're seeing a guy who I truly believe has something special. I think his athletic ability, his physicality, he looks phenomenal, even in suspenders and little shorts. Like he he is <laughs> to pull that off is no, no small task. <laughs> right. I'm I would not look as good in that outfit as he does. But, you know, I think there's something special to him and you know, he's getting a chance to really shine. You know, he was up before when he was on Raw and he was kind of chasing a twenty four seven title and he was mixed in that raw underground and, it, and you didn't get a chance to see his personality you didn't get a chance to see what he's truly capable of and I think in this role being in the ring with guys that you know he beat Kofi in a, a singles match Kofi Kobe, Kofi's a former world champion you know and then having pay-per-view matches at day one uh you know and then um Jeddah with Drew McIntyre those are opportunities where he's in the ring with you know, an established star and he's given this opportunity to learn. And if you can learn in those situations, even, you know, it's a tired old thing, like in defeat, you learn, but you do, you really learn from being in the ring with those guys. And so I've watched him grow immensely with his personality and his comfortability in the ring, as well as his ability, his, his uh, psychology in there and, and every detail he's learning, the details. I think is what separates the true stars in what we do is the details. If you look at a guy like Randy Orton, every minute detail you can imagine. And that's why I think he's one of the greatest performers in the world.
1: While we're on the subject of uh, Madcap Moss, and you mentioned Jeddah in Saudi Arabia when Madcap went one-on-one with Drew McIntyre, arguably the most scary moment uh, of the year, at least, if not in our careers. I know how I reacted when the inverted Alabama slam went awry and Riddick Paul drove himself on the top of his head and knowing <laughs> you like i do the camera cut to you and i think that was the first time i've ever seen genuine fear in your eyes oh, what was going yeah. through your mind at that moment
0: I, I mean a couple things because like i watched it happen right i mean and i was five feet from it in front and when i when i watched his head just literally go straight into the canvas like, first of all, I was in shock. An athlete, the worst thing you can see is someone else get hurt. Like, right. it scares us all. We put our lives on the line, whether it be in the football field, a boxing ring, uh, you know, a wrestling ring. It doesn't matter. Your life is on the line. And so that was terrifying because you don't ever want to see somebody get hurt. But then I have like all these other things going because he's hit and like I'm going, okay, number one, he might be dead. Number two, probably got a broken neck or a bit bad concussion. So in my brain, I'm going, okay, how do I finish the match in his place? Cause I'm trying to think of, okay, what's the situation where I can, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what, how to finish this. So I'm processing, what can I do? What can I do? And then I see him get close. So I pull him out of the ring and check on him, you know, cause he's moving. I'm like, are, you know, you're good. What do we? So we have to find time to let him like kind of regain where he's at, I guess, you know, cause he's, uh, you know, in my mind, should be concussed, right? Sure. And I, I don't know how, but that man has the strongest neck in the world because no concussion, nothing broken. You know, in my mind, he was going to get stretchered out. So it was like that when the camera cuts me and I fall to my knees, is 100% legit because I'm going, okay, he's going to get stretchered out. How do I save this? It was terrifying, man. Dude, I mean, and then the slow-mo. And afterwards, he didn't even realize it. I'm like, "Dude, are you are you good? Like, this is crazy." You land on. He's like, "Was it that bad?" And I was like, "What do you mean? Go watch the replay." Yeah, like, he saw the replay, and he's like, "I feel nauseous after he saw it."
1: We we were we were talking on the plane on the flight back that night, and I had said to him, "My God, man, I think you you gave everybody a heart attack simultaneously." And he said, "You know what's funny, Graves?" I didn't realize how bad it looked until I was on the ground outside of... I believe the commentary table was down at that point or he was laying in front of it. And I said something to the effect of, I can't believe Madcap Moss is still walking. And he said, that's when it clicked. Like what I just did must have been terrifying to hear Graves putting it over as like this epic, you know, absolutely scary moment. You know, luckily uh, he escaped without catastrophe. Uh, But Madcap's been this new layer to... Uh, happy Corbin, which had its genesis when you were down on your luck. That's kind of where all this began, this current chapter of your career. And I remember when you first started doing it, obviously you weren't loving it. You were kind of like, I don't know, but this thing caught fire. And it was due to a lot of work on your end from a social media perspective and kind of really getting to put your own flavor on this, this new character Talk to me about that. Like, how, how gratifying was that for you to be able to have that sort of control? And where did you get these sort of ideas to, to
0: make this thing grow? For the, for the sad Corbin, like the broke down, yeah. Yeah, it was frustrating in the beginning because I, I was also frustrated with, you know, where I was. You know, was I in the matches I wanted to be in? Was I elevated? I think the pandemic, you know, it really, you know, when it was King Corbin, it was very dependent on fans and you know people to carry me to the ring and to put on this elaborate thing where you're elevated and when people went away and the extras that helped with our shows went away and like that really kind of hindered the king and then I just like I said I what I wasn't I you know you want to be in main events you want to be back on that level when I spent so long there it's crazy to think that you know I was in a main event yeah. picture for for 2 years if not longer when I was with you know Braun and Seth and Roman hurt like that was a, a heck of a run so then when you kind of start you know doing the roller coaster ride that everybody does here i wasn't happy with that and then when i lost the crown it, it was supposed to be like two weeks down on your luck thing and i just was like kind of unhappy with it and so i was like well let's just pour that into this and let's see what happens like go all in and uh i did and we did like a social media video and a talking smack where i you know i said the line you know i didn't have a can open i just banged the can on the street and then i spilled it and like for some reason that's the line that went like wildfire and and that was what was cool is i got to do all this kind of my way on my own and right you know we were doing the TikToks for showing up to work and not being let in like that was all us that wasn't creative handing us ideas that was my flair the shirt the stain but you know all of those things were were my touches on that character and, and it ended up lasting a couple months and was really good and people really enjoyed it which is so funny because it hated me for so long that, that i think people started to feel bad they were genuinely feel bad and then you know it would be funny because vince would make fun of me because he's like god you, you look terrible and i'm like i vince i know and you understand that i gotta like live my life the other six days a week looking like this right dude. <laughs> We went to a meeting for my daughter's pre-K school. It's a private school, you know, fancy, whatever. And I walk in, I look like I don't have a home. And I'm like, hey, I apologize for my appearance. It's a, a job thing. Like, my beard is gross. My mustache is gross. I have... Like, it's like one of those guys like, man, that guy needs to shave his head. He's it's so bald. funny
1: like, because knowing you and how much pride you take in your appearance and being well-dressed <laughs> and the nice watches and always having, you know, your your, your facial hair manicured and to see you. And, and I never even thought about that. Like, yeah, it, you look that way on TV or on social media, but you had to go to the supermarket. You had to go to your kid's school
0: as down on his luck Corbin. And my wife would look at me and just start laughing. And I'm like, just stop. Like, <laughs> so, but I, but I had so much fun with it because that whole character was, was mine. I mean, obviously Vince was a mastermind in reading stuff and how we did it. And the way, you know, people beat me up and the little things like that. I loved that he put when I stole the briefcase, like that was a Vince thing. You know, I stole it from Biggie and it was like, I'm going to cash in. And, you know, ended up me getting beat up by Biggie. But, uh, you know, or even trying to steal the contract from Roman and, and get in that match and seen it, you know, like, it was so fun to have these like, oh, my God, he's going to overcome this. And then we, you know, it got taken away. So it was a blast. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our
1: time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan.
0: Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May ten. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
3: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app whether you're looking for a family friendly right all inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices ratings and amenities side by side so start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app
1: so you're you're doing this 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 down on his luck corbin character which does start to uh, become beloved by fans because it was entertaining yeah. and it was almost perfect timing when you you go to Vegas, you hit the jackpot, and now we see Happy Corbin, and it was it's it's really brilliant, and it's very difficult to do to take something that was working so well, and you sort of parlayed it into becoming a villain again, a completely unlikable, over the top, obnoxious persona, which is in stark contrast to what was what you were doing at the time. But the whole time, it, it it's been. Like this crazy evolution to the same point much like when you were going to be down on your luck i remember you thinking you telling me happy corbin what what i don't even know what this is going to be but yeah. again you've been able to take it now and you've had a few months to make it your own what's the process been like for you to find this side of yourself
0: yeah taking this character and you know adding the things i like in life like we talked about watches or cars or all of those things and it's i think with any character if you kind of set your pride aside and it's not a not a thing but like you know i'm too proud to do something but like you have to check it a little bit because people are going to hate what you do and hate change like you mean look at guys that come up with their name change so the internet freaks out but you got to set your pride aside a little bit and be able just to dive in and not worry about what people think about what you're doing because i knew people were going to hate you know where i was headed uh, especially after feeling all the sympathy but I'm just trying to take things from my life and correlate it. Like my favorite part of it all is Vince is like, I see you like a fedora. And I was like, dude, I got like 20 of them. We are (laughs) good. Like, and then he's like loud, obnoxious shirts. And I'm like, Oh, easy. Like I can be obnoxious. And then, uh, yeah, but it's just putting those, those layers of life into the character, which I think is, you know, what gives it its authenticity. I think, you know, you look at a guy like Seth Rollins right now, whose character to me is is super entertaining and fun. And I feel like that is the qualities of Seth. You know, we all have to find these layers of ourselves in our character to make it authentic. And I uh, think allowing me to do that and giving me some free run, I think having trust with Vince and you know those guys that where they say, hey, you know, do what you feel. If you feel that what this would do, then like let's roll with it. Let's let's put more of your words in. Let's do all of that and. Um, it helps a ton when you have this character because if you're not buying into it, nobody else will.
2: You know, being down in NXT with the rebrand of NXT 2.0, there are um, athletes in NXT 2.0 now, and a lot of them always go around and ask questions, and they always want to do a Roman Reigns, a Seth Rollins, and I always bring up, what about Baron Corbin? And they go, well, and they look at me funny. I go, he is the one guy who can adapt to any situation he's given lone wolf king corbin happy corbin sad corbin list goes on what's the advice you would give to the superstars in nxt about giving being given chicken you know what and turning it into chicken salad
0: that's the art of what we do is we have the ability to adapt and you know it's not like a movie where you're you know applying for one role if you're want to be jack sparrow in pirates of the caribbean you're going there as a pirate but we have these careers if you want to have a 10 or 12 or 15 year career like a lot of these legends that you see and you put on a pedestal like you have to have the ability to change I mean, even roman reigns you know he had this whole time as a good guy kissing babies and you know putting on a smiling face and he's had to adapt and change um you look at taker taker's a guy whose career he was the undertaker your purple gloves the dark hat like this character then he then he went into american badass like the guys who have the long successful careers have to have the ability to change. When you have a guy who is stuck in his ways and doesn't want to change and wants to do the same thing. And you see it with guys that that come here, they don't find success. They go somewhere else and they do the same thing. And It's like, dude, you have a chance to restart, to try something new, try something different. And and they don't, I think they're just, their pride gets in the way. They're worried about, you know, what the internet's going to say or what their friends are going to say. But you know, you talked to John Cena. I've had long, lengthy conversations uh, with him. He's talking about, like, that's that's how you have longevity, and that's how you find success here is you take something that you may not think is good and go, okay, instead of saying, this is bad, I don't want to do it, or, I you know, this is dumb, and just doing it, it's how do we make it the best that I can absolutely make it? And I think, you know, there's, there's struggles I still have. Like, my entrance music, when I heard it, I was like, dude, I was so bummed. Like, I was... I was, my heart was hurting. I was hurting. like I remember I this. I love my intro music. And it was like one of those situations where I was like just putting my head in my hands going like, can I do this? Can I walk out the curtain to this music? Like, and I lit- legitimately had like an inner quarrel. Like, Dude. I
1: remember, I, I remember you telling me at TV the one day and you were like, you got to listen to this music. It's terrible.
0: Dude, it made me sick.
1: But to me, th- my thought process was, well, if you hate it, and it's your music, imagine what people are gonna think about it. And that's a perfect example of you going, oh, yeah, all right, that makes sense.
0: That's where you gotta check your pride. Cause we all know, like, I'm a rock dude and I love that. And then, like, I've got this club music. And I also was like caught off guard. I had no idea I had new music. I just got to work on that Friday and they're like, here's your new music. And I was like, wait, what? I have new music? And they're like, yeah, this is it. And I'm going, this, this is a joke, right? We're, we're having <laughs> yeah. fun with with me i'm going you want me to come out and be happy to this i was like this hurts me and then you do you step back and you take that perspective and you go oh man if i hate it they're gonna hate it and if i'm happy about it it's gonna piss them off even more so like then you go oh now i'm in like now i love it like it's hilarious to me and and it's part of this it's part of who i am now and it's. And it's fun. But if you can't embrace those things and you can't adapt and you can't try to make them yeah. work because like, let's go. Is the song awesome? Absolutely not. But I act like it is and I love it. And I do love it now because it irritates me. So, like, some people just can't. They can't set their pride aside and they can't, you know, do it for, like, you know, we're an entertainment company. This is what we do. We entertain people. But they're worried about how they look.
1: Corbin, I, you mentioned the Undertaker, which I, who I know is a guy who has been very valuable to you in your career. Obviously, he's the Undertaker. Uh, what are some of your biggest takeaways from your time with the Dead Man as he's about to be inducted to the Hall of Fame tonight?
0: If you're listening the day it drops, I really think you know just how you carry yourself. I mean, that man is an icon. We know that, and I've had these conversations, and it's how you carry yourself as a star. Like when he walks into a room, he commands attention, and the details again he's another details guy like he thinks about every little thing that he's doing and it's not like the match it's not the moves but it's you know does this make sense if i punch him in the face and this is the reaction does that make sense like he's piecing together like these you know 10,000 piece puzzles and worrying about every detail is this the piece that fits there is this you know, how I want to walk to the ring, how long do I want to take to stand on the third step of the steps before I get in the ring? Like, those are things that 99% of the people don't think about. They don't uh, take the time to appreciate those details. And I think, you know, he's one of those guys, So when I have those conversations, conversations with him, like, you know, I was talking to him at the Rumble for 40 minutes about, you know, how to do things and how to, you know, poise myself after doing something. And it's like, those are little things that separate you from everybody else so for me it's every conversation just getting details from him like how to you know again make the most out of the smallest thing you know and and to be a big guy he's one of the best ever he's a big athletic guy as a kid that's what i gravitated to i watched guys like bam bam and Bossman and you know taker and kane and those guys that were big and athletic but you know because they 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 Big guys used to be just kind of big, clunky guys. Right, couldn't right. really move well. It was very one-dimensional. And they took it, you know, where takers climbing on the top rope, you know, to, to try to break your arm off. And you got Bam Bam, you know, jumping off doing moonsaults. Like, they made it kind of a big deal for uh, big guys to be able to move. And so having that as well. And then, you know, he's kind of grabbed onto me since I was in NXT. He helped me with my original entrance stand here, take your time, Let the camera, see your face. This is cool. This is not cool. He's also not afraid to tell me when I'm doing something wrong. I think it's rare these days. Everybody is worried about hurting somebody's feelings and Taker will grab me and go, dude, that sucked. Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? Tell me their thought process. Okay. Here's why your thought process is wrong. And so when you can have that relationship with somebody, um, then you're going to get an honest answer when you go, Hey, what'd you think of that? And he goes, that was really good. Then it's probably pretty good. Or he's going to go, that was rotten, dude. And he can do that with himself. Uh, you know, sure. he talks about the Mania match that he was super unhappy about and he, he knows it wasn't good. Uh, how many people can step back and say that? How many people can go be that self aware and go, that wasn't, you know, too many people are just going to be like, yeah, it was good, man. It's good. It worked, whatever. But I am one of those guys, too. Like, I'm going to watch things back that I didn't like and go, okay, how do I fix that? And that's, you know, from a guy like him, that's what I've learned who did it in football. You watch the game after the game. Where did I screw up? What I do well? It's the same thing in this. If you can't be self-aware and uh, humble yourself down to say something wasn't good, you're never going to get better. Totally agree. And there's
1: few people walking the earth better qualified to t- teach than the dead man himself, which is unbelievable. It's, just, it's a weird thing to say out loud, knowing where we began in the days of FCW to where, oh my God, it seemed like such a pipe dream being on Raw or SmackDown. And now here you are you know, in a way, a protege of Undertaker to have somebody of that caliber around to pay attention and devote the time. I mean, I think it speaks to, to the contributions that Undertaker makes to this very day. Um, who else might, might people be surprised to know have really helped you out along the way to get to where you're
0: at? For sure. And I'm just going to touch back on Taker for a second because when you think about, like, you just said it right there, that guy takes the time to have a conversation with me for 40 minutes. He's got his family there, his wife there. Um, he truly wants WWE to stay where it is, to stay on the level, being the top wrestling entertainment company in the world. He wants it to be successful. And so when he takes the time, a legend like him to talk to somebody like me, if I don't take his advice and use it, I'm wasting everybody's time because he's doing it out of the pureness uh, of love for WWE. You know, he wants it to be successful. He wants me to be successful. So for a guy like that to take two minutes out of his day is unbelievable. But then Cena, again, Cena's a guy that I can talk to if I'm super frustrated and going, I don't know what to do. And he's like, just step back. You're in too far. Like, take a breath. Let's have a conversation about this. Or I'll sit in there and go, Cena, like, I think one reason he likes me is I'm always just thinking two steps ahead. Okay, I'm going to beat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania you know, this Saturday, where am I going next? What am I doing after that? And it, that's important because, you know, when I worked with Cena for SummerSlam, I already had my next three months in my brain, itched and ideas and where I wanted to go. And so I think Cena appreciates that. But Sina is a good mental guy for me. He helps me, you know, step off the cliff sometimes. And Mark Henry's another guy that grabbed onto me and, you know, gave me a lot of big man information. And then he's a guy who loves his business and he wants people to be successful. So he was a you know played a major role. Obviously, Billy Gunn, you know, we know when we had him at FCW and NXT. Right, right. Um, you know, he helped add some entertainment to what I did, and you know, Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor's a guy that I've butted heads with, man, and ended up with fines. I've been you know, I am you have two. you and me both. both (laughs) And and it's funny. It's funny
1: how frequently Terry Taylor's name comes up on this podcast. It's sort of an unsung hero. It it happens all All the the time. 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 Almost everybody to a person has the same story. We didn't get along at first. We butted heads a lot. We clashed, but in hindsight, Rollins is another guy that always brings up Terry Taylor. The, The information that he has, has provided so many of us, about psychology and presentation and the the details to your point earlier are invaluable And, and terry's a guy i think that doesn't get enough credit
0: yeah but he's a guy who knows how to make another guy with the philosophy of making your your stuff mean something if it's one punch and it means more than 40 in a row like then you're doing something right and it's the details how to look how to carry yourself like a star that has terry taylor all over it when you look at Look at Roman Reigns. When he comes out and just stands there and slowly looks, dude, that has Terry written all over it. It's be a star. If you're hunched over, you know you're not comfortable. People see that, whatever it is. You know, so he played an unbelievable role. Then Razor. I mean, you know, it's been a, a rough year losing him now just a couple of weeks ago, but he was a guy that would tell me again, hey, that wasn't – I still will never forget when it was uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, I was wrestling Samoa Joe and I did something choking him on the rope and I rolled out of the ring and I celebrated. I get to the back and he's like, what the hell was that? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you got the big man on the ropes and you're out holding your arms up, talking to the fans. He's like, you should have been munching him in. Like, you know, he was a guy that was, wasn't afraid to tell me how to, how to do stuff as well. You know, he, another big man that could move and he was special with what he did and was entertaining. You know, he was another guy that, that grabbed me at the PC a few times and we had long, good conversations and it led to, you know, text messages here and there about, you know, Hey, I saw that. That was really good. Or, Hey, maybe try this. You know, he, he's another guy that's played an important role of the details. I, I'm just a details guy, man. You look at Randy, like he's helped me as, as well. And triple H obviously, you know, helped give me where I am big time, but I like the guys that are detail oriented and, I think they grab onto me because I enjoy that aspect of it too. I I don't want to go out there and just kind of go through motions. Anybody can learn the moves. Anybody can, you know, teach somebody a shoulder tackle or a hip toss or, you know, an arm ringer. But to to put the special things in between all that, those are the guys I'm gravitating to. And I think I'm lucky that they kind of grab onto me as well.
2: You know, you brought up uh, Triple H. And obviously this past week announced his in-ring retirement, I think, For most of us, we all have been molded somehow by a Triple H. Obviously, you have as well.
0: Yeah, almost definitely. I mean, when you're around a guy that often, you know, when we were in NXT, we're seeing him every Wednesday. We were, you know, I was seeing him at the PC on on regular days. He was coming in, he was training, he was grabbing on to a few people and helping them with things. And uh, he just had a vision, especially when he was down there in NXT, of how he saw guys and put the right people around them to be successful you know if it was a a guy who was a wrestling technician you know get him with Norman Smiley get him in there with a guy like that that can teach them all of those things or you know he sees a guy like me uh, I promise you Taker just didn't go ah I'm gonna go talk to this random guy I'm sure you know Triple H is going hey Taker this guy's I think he's in your wheelhouse go have a conversation with him see if you grab on him at all like I think that's one of the special things that triple H has is he can surround you with the right people to help find success. He knows, he sees it. He has this vision and he helps to allow you to accomplish that vision. And he has fun with it. Like, I think he loves it. I still, when he told me I was going to the main roster and, you know, in Dallas, you know, my debut was in Dallas for right. Andre. And the way he just told me not even looking up from his phone, cause he knew it, you know, he knows how to get to people and mess with people and, you know, he's just casually like this on his phone, and he goes, "Hey, uh, you're in the Andre tomorrow, and uh, you're on the main roster now." And walks out, and I'm going, "Like, no, I response? saw you within
1: five minutes of that happening. <laughs> I, I'll never forget
0: that. That was probably as big
1: as I had ever seen you smile to that point. Dude, I, I remember yeah. finding you in the stadium that day and just thinking, like, wow, this is incredible, and what what a ride it's been, and how different the world has become since
0: then. No, it is. It has flipped upside down for sure.
1: You mentioned being a guy who's always trying to think two steps ahead. Let's say you defeat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. What's on the uh, more immediate horizon for Happy Corbin?
0: Well, I mean, if you look at the, the rundown of the rosters, I think, you know, Drew McIntyre is obviously one of our top stars. He, he's a guy that you could see be thrown in Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. But, you know, if I go as planned and put him down at WrestleMania, then I'm looking at that. I'm looking at who's holding the unified titles it Brock. Is it Roman? Because I feel like, you know, whoever wins this match is next in line. And it's going to be a battle because both of us realize that, you know, whoever walks out of there with this victory, getting their hand raised they're next in line. There there's nobody else in my opinion that is, that is ready um, to step up to the plate to one of those two guys. And uh, I would be interested to see how, You know, happy Corbin, faces of Brock Lesnar. (laughs) You know, I think it could be, you know, whether we're arguing over cowboy hats and fedoras, it could get pretty wild. Same with, you know, Roman is head of the table now. So, you know, that's where my mind's at. It's find that success. And, you know, Drew and I have a long history. It's not just what we've done on SmackDown lately. Because we had, when I was the constable, he was the guy that was under me. Him and Bobby Lashley were under me. They were listening to me point and tell them what to do. And, you know, I like to to say Drew sold out. He sold out for the people and wanted to become, you know, a fan favorite on social media. And he's smiling and signing autographs. And I would love to just knock him down a peg or two. But then, yeah, it's on to that unified title. You know,
2: you talked about hats. It wasn't that long ago I actually sent you a text message reaching out to you about hats, which is a true (laughs) story, by the way, (laughs) in Houston. What's the perfect steak recipe right now? Because there's nothing better. That that did you just and I will...
1: transition from hats to steak? Yeah,
0: because I'm asking uh, for advice, Graves. Uh, that was thank thank that thank was you, the Corbyn. worst.
2: That was. Corbin said a... it was great. He's the guest. He's right. You're wrong. I don't it care if your name's on the damn show.
0: Time out. When did I say it was great? You said it was great. He was, was agreeing with, with me. Did I?
2: No, no. Uh, I saw. It with your I hand.
0: was. That was a weird transition. Oh. Away. You think I give these recipes yes. away for free? You can give me one. What are you
1: drinking there? Peanut butter coffee? Let's talk about red pandas. Oh, okay. I just had a dream about Red
2: Panda last night, <laughs> as a matter of fact. That's a true story, too. And we'll sure get to that mess. later. But it was a great transition. I asked for your advice about hats. Now I'm asking for advice about a recipe for steak. In
0: Why In not realm are hats and steak in the same way? They're places? not. They're not. Never.
2: They are. They all come to advice. From I'm asking for advice. I asked for advice on a hat, and I'm asking for advice on a steak recipe. That
0: was,
1: a, that well, so was then the most you should ham-fisted your, transition your, in the history of transitions. Your segue
0: should have been like, well, since you gave me such great advice on hats, I'm going to ask your advice again. So since you gave me these steak. great
2: advice on hats, happy, happy Corbin just killing the how game I, right now. How am I
0: telling an interviewer how to do his interview?
2: <laughs> Not an interviewer. I'm a commentator. And I basically did the same damn thing five seconds ago.
0: Eh, you didn't.
2: You know what? Okay, I don't sure. even know. Why I agreed to do this one this week because I knew this what, was going to happen. You guys do? always like Graves is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't like him rare though. Like you, I do. finally
1: have an
0: ally. <laughs> You don't like steaks rare?
2: Oh, you no. you shouldn't
0: eat steak.
1: Medium. Then don't I, eat steak. I, I, I will give so Vic eat credit. Chicken. I, no. I actually grilled for Vic once at his place in San Diego, out on the patio. Vic went and obtained the steaks, and I grilled. Where I, I proudly San admit. Diego? It, it was in San Diego. This was a while back. But oh, I, okay. to this day, give credit where it's due. The, the, the little bit that I do know about grilling, I would say I'm, I'm a little bit above competent grilling.
0: But you I can learned. Put a pizza prim- in the oven, dude. dude I don't. I can, not but I can make pizza on a grill. No,
1: no. I'm saying I learned grilling from you for the most part. I was giving you credit here. The beer can okay. chicken on the grill oh, outside yeah. your place by the pool—that was a lot. But you've really taken this to a whole new level. Uh, your, your social media is almost exclusively these days. You with delicious cuts of meat and and preparation, cigars and booze, <laughs> it's whiskey that is to be enjoyed. We can get to that in a second. What is it about grilling that has sort of captured your imagination? I know you're a Kansas city guy. It's sort of inherent, but you've taken it to a whole new level and you're really pushing this out there for the world. And it's a, it's a tangible thing. It's not just like, Oh, Hey, I grill in my free time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have five grills. My wife's ready to kill me, but um, it's, five. it's all cooking. man. Yeah. I have five. It's absurd, but it's, it's all cooking. Dude. I, for me, it's my release. When I come home from the road, it's, you know I, it's peaceful for me it's creating art to me it's you know time consuming and work you know if you're going to do it right you know if one of my grills is a is a full offset so it's only wood there's no charcoal there's no i there's no propane allowed out of my house we just don't do that um amen but it, it it's a lot of work and if you're cooking on that it's big so you're doing a lot of stuff you're doing a couple briskets you're doing 10 racks of ribs you're doing you know 10 whole chickens like if you're going in on that deep ribs because you're doing all day you're having to monitor the wood you have to chop fire when i have to go out i'm going okay i need an hour left to smoke and this log is too big it'll get too hot so i gotta go out there with an axe and chop it down and you know adjust the size. so it's a lot of work it's constant you're sweating because you're dealing with fire then i have you know i've got a nice pellet smoker uh i've got like a brazilian style grill that raises and lowers where you have the charcoal and you can raise and lower i mean it's like i said it's gotten out of hand in my house i have an egg I but i also have really gotten into like fine dining like i hired a chef during the pandemic uh my buddy nate he's a, he's a big chef james beard uh guy here in tampa and um i basically was like i can barbecue anything and everything I don't, you give me an animal, I can put it on the grill, or I can do whatever, and we're in business. But I want to learn how to like, how do I take apart a duck? How do I break down a chicken? How do I create sauces? Help me with pairing food, like flavor profiles, and uh, all of those things. How do how do I elevate a, a normal dish, like just a chicken breast to now an airplane chicken breast with the bone out of the top and a nice sauce or jus or something like that? And like duck, how do we get the, the skin crispy? So he was coming over every couple of weeks and I was paying him basically for like culinary school. Uh, so I learned how to do a lot more and how to elevate a lot of things. And then I took it into steak a little bit. You know, you can take a skirt steak and instead of just grilling a skirt steak and throwing it on a taco. Now, I'll, you know, I'll take one and do a pinwheel where I stuff it with, you know, arugula, olive oil, a certain type of cheese, peppers, all of those things, roll it up. Then you grill it, and then you slice it. And you have this beautiful pinwheel, and you can put a chimichurri over the top. So yeah, it's gotten out of hand, and uh, it's amazing. But you're know, yeah. I mean, if you. It depends, man. What kind of steak? Like I'm a medium rare guy. We're going 130 to 135 degrees. We don't go past that. But you have to have the quality of meat for that, because you don't. If it's too rare, it's chewy. Or if you overcook it, you're losing flavor. So that that medium rare, and it's different steak. You are going to take it to a different temperature, but it's usually, you know, ribeye. You want to have it in that 134 range because you're going to get that fat to break down. Uh, filet, you can take that to 130 and it's like butter, you know. But it just depends, man. How do you want to cook it? You want to start it in the sous vide, finish it in the cast iron, or start it in the oven. This is to too scientific now. I See what you here. did? did for like you, you put a, a quarter bit, a in the seasons.
1: ride and this is what you... Eat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll just have to text you off because I can feel the passion right now through a Zoom call. About yeah. is this something you've always loved, or is this something that has just yeah. gravitated over time?
0: You no, know, my dad was a hell of a cook. Like my dad was a man. I did would smoke ribs for twelve hours. The beer can chicken Graves talking about, or you know, he would fry fit whatever my dad could cook it. and it was unbelievable. So I think I picked it up from him at a young age, and then in college I was cooking and. It just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And now I'm getting older. You know, you can't wrestle forever. I don't want to. I want to be able to, you know, hopefully six, seven years from now, walk away feeling good about my career not staying too long. And and where do I, what do I do next? What's going to fill my time? Because, you know, we're all competitive and we love, love that life. So it's like, okay, man, how do I get the Food Network, you know, seven, eight years from now, how do I have my own show on there or go compete, you know, talk to Guy Fury about doing, like, an episode on Guy's Grocery Games. It's like an athlete episode with, you know, a chef partner, like Aaron Mays, a buddy of mine. So how do we do that? Um, And I think it it would be a lot of fun. Or even doing, like, just pop-up restaurants. But to me, staying kind of competitive, and I think cooking is very competitive, uh, will be important when my body can't wrestle anymore.
1: Before I let you go, I know you're a busy guy. You had a post recently on uh, Instagram, I believe it was, about the importance of actually enjoying fantastic whiskey. You have a platform here. I've, I'm offering the platform of After the Bell to you to pontificate about the importance of not buying a bottle to stare at on your shelf, Open but it. to enjoy yes. it. Oh,
0: this is me off so much. dude. you want to send me into a rampage, I want to punch you in the face. It's me, (laughs) not you, (laughs) it's these a-holes that buy bourbon from, and God, the bourbon market has just gotten so crazy. And people are like, have you seen Blanton's Blanton Sucks, man. Like, let's get you some good stuff here, but it's become popular and it's this world of people on Instagram and I hate influencers, even though we all technically are influencers on our social media. But they buy and they get these bottles of Pathy and they overpay for them or, you know, special edition Four Roses or, you know, Elmer T. Lee or it's these incredible, incredible bottles. E.H. Taylor Warehouse C, like a tornado edition. Like people get that bottle. It's a hundred dollar bottle. And then they want to charge four thousand dollars for it. But then they never open it. It sits on their shelf. I went into my neighbor's house the other day. And he was like, oh, you're a bourbon guy, right? And I was like, yeah. Like, and he's like, come see my collection. And he's got like three Pappy 12s and three Savs. And I'm going, oh, man, how's that one taste? I've never seen that one. And he's going, I don't know. I haven't opened it. And I'm going, what is wrong with you, dude? You have three of them. Like, <laughs> ah! like I want to smash his whole collection because I'm like, dude, what is the point of having it if you're not going to enjoy it? So don't be an Instagram a-hole, taking pictures of your bourbon with dust on them, and they've never been opened, and you don't know what they taste like, but you're going to read a review, and you're going to say, oh, this review says it has vanilla in it. So I'm going to write in my review it has vanilla, but I really have no idea because I'm an idiot. Like, that's just, like, I'm hot. Like Because they're ruining it. They're making it. I've been drinking tequila lately because I'm so tired of chasing bourbon, and people just ruin it. Same as today. they're in the all walks of life. Ticket scalpers. Hey, we're going to buy all these tickets. We don't want to go to the show, but we're going to sell them for double the price. Or you know, Rolex buyers now that are buying a Submariner for ninety four hundred dollars and then selling it for twenty thousand. I hate you.
1: This has been a public service announcement from yes. Happy Corman. You are talking about
0: putting a quarter in a ride, Graves? What'd yeah, you just uh, do? I,
1: I knew what put a
2: dollar bill in that and that let
0: one. him go. He knew <laughs> it, he knew where we were going. That's why I would do. I have over two hundred bottles of bourbon or whiskey at my house. And every single one of them is open and open to anybody that comes over. You Amen. come over and it. you want to drink a Pappy 20, get it off the shelf and have a sip. <sighs> <laughs> Love it.
1: Love it. Well, dude, WrestleMania right around the corner in the immediate future. Yes. Good luck tomorrow versus Drew McIntyre.
0: I'm going to whoop his Scottish ass all over that building.
1: There it is, and I hope you uh, live up to that word, and even if not, uh, within the next seven days or so, we will have a very valid excuse to drink some good bourbon together. What do you mean, maybe not? Yeah, I can't believe you said that, Greg. I, did, I didn't. I'm hurt. not oh, dare.
0: Yeah, you're the idiot, Vic totally redeemed himself. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Boo!
1: Vic, I understand it got momentarily uncomfortable for you, but I enjoyed the living hell out of that. Corbin's one of my favorite people on the planet Earth, uh, and I'm excited that he's finally achieved this level of success. And I hope it continues for him at WrestleMania. It would have gotten more uncomfortable if I'd have brought up that. I don't really like bourbon because it's too strong of a drink. Oh my God. You are on throat. somehow the ice gets thinner Uh, each and every week. Luckily, luckily Vic, luckily we're not going to hit the iceberg. The iceberg is here. We've made it. we have, reached our destination the most stupendous two-night wrestlemania in history is just hours away don't miss a minute friday night smackdown on fox tonight followed immediately by the 2022 wwe hall of fame induction ceremony hosted by yours truly and the lovely kayla braxton nxt stand and deliver tomorrow noon was it one o'clock eastern
2: high noon central time in dallas
1: Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler for the NXT championship. Then, of course, WrestleMania Saturday. Headline, KO Show featuring Stone Cold Steve Austin. But wait, there's more. WrestleMania Sunday featuring the biggest WrestleMania match in history. Reigns, Lesnar, Championship Unification, winner take all. It's all streaming live. WWE on Peacock. Don't miss a moment. It's going to be epic. I cannot wait. It's going to be stupendous that's why they pay you the big bucks buddy follow us at after the bell wwe on twitter instagram and facebook you can find me at wwe graves you can find him at Vic joseph wwe listen for free on spotify just search after the bell hit the follow button so you never miss an episode and we'll be back next week with some interviews from the madness that is WrestleMania week. We're going to be on the ground, going to track down hopefully a few Hall of Famers or a few surprises for you. You don't want to miss a second. And of course, as always, your standard dose of vitriol and more WWE after the bell.